Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, Alphabet buys, uncertain futures, new biotech funds, HIF2 Alpha, PD1, and a China biotech emerges. views expressed on the niche podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations or companies with which they are affiliated. Verily made a big splash earlier this year by attracting ex-FDA official Amy Abernathy to head up their clinical research efforts. Now, the Alphabet-owned company is starting on the acquisitions path. Last week, they scooped up SignalPath, the creators of a clinical trials management system, CTMS. This acquisition seems like more of a kickoff to a series of acquisitions than a one-and-done solution. SignalPath has a lot of big brains and has built out solutions for study design, startup, and oversight, along with long-standing relationships with high-quality study sites. The details of the deal are not disclosed, but certainly Alphabet isn't lacking capital. Based on the positioning of Verily to grow their clinical research support services and statements from big tech that they see this as a critical area of research, I anticipate more acquisitions by them in the clinical research space over the next year. One of the most powerful forces in science is peer review. It's not a system free of challenges. For example, papers get through peer review with glaring errors and downright lies every year. But the peer review process does not stop there. Often when lies or errors are published, people eventually get caught. This appears to be the case for the ex-CEO of Athera Pharma, Lean Kawas, who was removed from her position after papers published prior to joining the company displayed apparently altered Western blots. Unfortunately for Athera, this isn't just bad publicity in the distant past. There are allegations that some of these altered images may have been used to obtain $15 million in funding from the NIH. The company is also facing legal action for lying to investors about the potential for their pipeline. Fraud in research can cost you your career. Lying to investors through an IPO may have far more serious implications. At this time, there are no clear legal actions that have been taken against Dr. Kawas. Unfortunately, the eminent scientist and leader in the industry, Dr. Tadataka Yamada, was the chairman of Athera's board and passed away in early August. This doubtless adds a degree of uncertainty as leadership sorts out the future of the company. They're currently advancing their late-stage products with just under $350 million in the bank. They burned $12 million last quarter, so Athera has some runway to sort out issues. New board members have been appointed, but expect a shadow to hang over any future filings, whether with the SEC or FDA. Bain Capital has announced a new $1.9 billion fund focused on the biotech space. This investment portfolio will be focused on companies that are publicly traded but undervalued, and companies with high potential value who have run into cash snags in their clinical stage. Bain has made a number of forays into the life sciences, including a $720 million fund in 2017 and a $1.1 billion fund in 2019. With biotechs getting startup cash left and right, there is still plenty of space in the market for canny investors to identify undervalued companies that need a little infusion. With current market cash flows, $1.9 billion may not be that much, but I think the positioning of this investment gives it a good chance at some long-term value through smart targeting. 
A new HIF-2 alpha inhibitor, Wellerig, has been approved by the FDA for the treatment of von Hippel-Lindau VHL disease-associated tumors. VHL disease is a rare disease associated with tumor formation affecting nearly 10,000 Americans. Wellerig represents the first systemic therapy to treat the condition, but it's also the first HIF-2-alpha inhibitor approved as a therapy. HIF-2-alpha is normally involved in the physiological response to hypoxia and contributes to humans' ability to adapt to high altitude. This critical system has been implicated as dysregulated in a variety of cancers, including renal cell carcinoma, RCC, a far more common indication with more than 400,000 new cases around the globe every year. Wellerig is currently in phase three clinical trials for the treatment of RCC. Obviously, Merck sees the rare disease niche as a starting place in this case. GSK has earned expanded FDA approval to treat certain endometrial cancers with their PD-1 checkpoint inhibitor, Gimparoli. The PD-1 receptor-related market is massive, with Merck's Keytruda owning the lion's share. But GSK hopes Gimparoli will capture its own portion in the coming years. This expanded approval is the first indication that the antibody may be on the road to more approvals. With numerous PD-1-associated conditions and multiple modes of action, there appears to still be space to expand opportunities for patients. Space GSK is happy to step into. The China-based Abigen Biosciences has raised a $700 million Series C, a stunning amount of money for any company, but particularly so in China, where biotech investment rounds typically do not see numbers more reminiscent of Silicon Valley. Abigen has published evidence of thermally stable lipid nanoparticle mRNA vaccines. mRNA is extremely fragile, and any exposure to the environment results in it degrading. mRNA vaccines, therefore, rely on lipid nanoparticle packaging to stabilize them till delivery. To keep these tiny delivery vessels stable, very cold supply chains are typically required. Abigen published a paper in Cell earlier this year showing COVID-19 vaccines that could be kept at room temperature for up to a week. This technology has massive implications for getting COVID-19 vaccines to rural areas, but it's also a broadly useful technology for future vaccines and drug delivery. Expect plenty of companies to be developing and selling nanotechnology-driven solutions in the coming years, as old therapies get repackaged for precise delivery, while new ones become possible because of drug-stabilizing conditions. All of this means companies like Abigen are getting huge valuations. Will they make their billions off COVID? Possibly, but they also may have the backing of China to distribute a new generation of therapies. Plus, it seems like their underlying technology may also be critical in its own right. Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week.